Hey everybody, welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. As we turn the page to a new chapter and a new book for the Gospel of Mark, we'll be adding some new elements into our podcast with special guests. And so stay tuned today for our first special guest. But Mark chapter 1 is where we'll begin. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat, and the hired servants, and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. After rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him, and they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and he said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it. 
and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. As I said earlier, with our new focus here in the Gospel of Mark, we're adding a component of having guests here on the podcast. And so today, for our first guest, we have Pastor Jeff joining us. And if you're here with us at Ascend Church, you know that Pastor Jeff has just completed his walk through the Gospel of Mark. So I thought it to be fitting for him to come and share a little bit about why he chose Mark as a place to be preaching, as well as to get our nugget of truth from chapter one. Take it away. Lee, hey, it is such a blessing to be on your podcast. I have listened to so many episodes already and have been personally blessed by this, so it's great to be with you. Why did I pick the Gospel of Mark? Primarily because my doctoral work was in the Gospel of Matthew, and I didn't want to spend 28 chapters preaching through an entire gospel. I wanted to get through a gospel as quickly as possible, and Mark does that. He works through the life of Christ so rapidly, and that's one of the challenges, just looking at chapter one, trying to figure out how do I find one nugget, because your podcast is so good at that, how do I find one nugget from one chapter where Matthew takes four chapters to cover all that Mark does in one chapter. And the best I can do is say that for your listeners, the writers of Scripture often give us a clue for why they're writing what they're writing and why they're giving the details that they're giving. And the clue, I think, is in verse 1, where Mark says, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, And then he includes a phrase at the end, the Son of God. And even as you're looking at chapter 1, you see that there will be both evidence that Jesus is the Son of God in the baptism. You'll see the evidence of him being powerful and being God himself as he heals a leper. You're going to see that Mark is going to focus on the Son of God. But what's fascinating about this, Lee and listeners, is that what Mark is doing by identifying Jesus as the Son of God is both showing that he's human, but also bringing the whole story of Scripture together in Jesus. Because as you look at the Old Testament, you see that there was the Son of God, Adam. There was the Son of God, Israel, in Exodus 4.22. There's the Son of God, Solomon, in 2 Samuel 7.14. And then you see there's the Son of Man, who is also son of God in Daniel 7, 13 through 14. And so I know we're going all over the scripture with this, but as a reader, if you see that phrase early in the text, you're going to have an idea of where Mark is going with his entire gospel. And so that's the one nugget that I would draw out is as you're going through the gospel of Mark, look for examples, look for Old Testament references, and look for details of the stories that Mark gives to prove how Mark is showing that Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, thanks, Jeff. I mean, that's just so good to even just watch how you talked about how the Son of God goes through these different parts here in chapter one. And so one question that I often see and that I have myself even sometimes when I think about the gospel writers and what they're doing is, how can we call this the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, if we don't actually have a birth account or anything? And so we're talking about he's the Son of God, but we also know that the importance of his humanity in what he does for us on the cross is what makes it so that we can have part in that. And so as I think about that, what would you say to somebody who's asking, hey, how can we call this the gospel when we don't actually know anything from it about Jesus's origins? That's a great 
question, Lee. And I think the, the first step I would take to answer it is that we have to, first of all, put ourselves in the author's shoes or sandals in this regard. We don't come to Scripture expecting it to fit into our expectations. We align our expectations with Scripture. And so what Mark is doing here with his purpose is showing that Jesus is the Son of God. And while these were Son of God designations in the Old Testament, he's showing that Christ is superior. Christ succeeded where Adam and Israel and even Solomon failed. And so that's the purpose of Mark. Even the very word gospel means good news. And so the good news that Mark is conveying here has the purpose of emphasizing Jesus as the Son of God. And while the humanity of his birth could certainly do that, it served the purpose for Matthew and Luke to build upon for their purpose. But Mark is more focused on the miracles, more focused on the fulfillment. That's why he jumps right into the prophecy of Isaiah and Malachi with John the Baptist. He gets right into the uh, Jesus entering into the synagogue and showing an initial interaction with the Jewish leadership. And so Mark's purpose is different than Matthew and Luke's. And so that's why he doesn't spend time talking about the details of Jesus' birth. That's really good, Jeff. And so I think even back to when we were in Matthew, we talked a little bit about perspective But now you're showing us that equally as important here as we think about the perspective of these gospel writers is their purpose. And so Mark clearly has a different purpose in mind for his writing, and that's going to influence how he wrote. And it's important, like you said, for us to not be bringing our own perception of what we're expecting or even what we're wanting to be in there, because if we do that, we're even going to be like the people that we're going to meet here in the Gospel of Mark who are wanting a certain thing from Jesus that may or may not be what Jesus is there for. And so we need to follow Mark's purpose. We need to see it from Mark's perspective. And that'll be a challenge for us as we walk through this right on the heels of Matthew to let Mark speak on his own terms, to let Mark's emphasis and Mark's focus be the center of what we study as we study God's word, because it's here for a purpose. It's here for us. And we hope to unpack that together. And so thanks so much for being with us, Jeff. Each day here in the Gospel of Mark, we're going to have a new guest with us who's sharing an insight from one of these passages, someone who has walked through this entire series with Pastor Jeff here in the Gospel of Mark as he's preached that here at our church. And so as always, come up with your own question. Maybe it's different than the question that I had today, uh, but come up with that question. Seek to find that answer. Jeff provided the answer for us. Find other tools, other people in your life who can help with answering that question for you and share what you're learning with someone else as we seek to continue to grow in our ability to study God's word and to learn to live in obedience for him. Know today as you go, you are loved. You're-